This is Almost 107, a Fanshawe College Journalism student podcast. Get real. Tango, malambo, salsa, cumbia. All these music genders pertain to Latin America. Considering that I left my dear Argentina one year and a half ago, I did some thorough introspection and remember the things that made me feel closer to my culture. Regardless of the national dishes and drinks, there's a growing community in London that helped me keep being in touch with my roots. That's why we will talk and have some insights of the Latin community in Canada and London especially. In this XFN's podcast, we interviewed a certified immigration consultant working in Canvisas, Alejandro Acosta and Gonzalo de Leon who is performing as a social assistant in London's municipality, supporting Latino people who struggles a lot with the language. According to the 2021 census, 155,000 Canadians indicated that they were fully or partial Mexican ancestry, which represents also 0.42% of the country's population. Those born in Mexico are the largest subgroup of Latin American Canadians. In the same census, figures that 85,000 Colombians moved and immigrated to Canada. As an immigration consultant, Alejandro will give us a scope of this community from a global perspective. I have been working with Cambisa from four years ago. I had never thought that I was going to working with a you know legal company in immigration process because I wasn't another topic, but um you know as an immigrant I, i'm from venezuela i was living in colombia I, as an immigrant i know how's everything when you uh, came to a new country uh well when i want to start in colombia it's the same language but when you start in another country with another language you know everything is different for you and, and for your family so i started the company as an um advisor for a student and for the people that wants to go to Canada and then I have been scaling position with the company and now I'm working in the in all the immigration process with the company so right now we're working through the uh, express entry process student uh, permit which is a temporary resident visa in Canada with work permits application and also with asylum with refugee people that wants to be in Canada as a refugee. So uh, that's what we do in the company. We give an advice to the people. We, we check the profile and we give some advice 
in what which is the best option for them to go to Canada in order to increase the possibilities, you know, that they have. Um, we have to check check the profile and give this advice. So that's what we do in the company. And uh, the company has 17 years old from, yeah, it's a lot of time of experience. Yeah. So that's, that's you know, that's a brief description of what I do in the company. Uh, I, I can't think any anybody uh, more accurate than you uh, to ask you this, because you told me Camisas has uh, I mean, started 17 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy the amount I think since uh, like 10 years ago or 11 years ago uh, in in the whole Canada less than 200,000 uh, Americans uh, Latin Americans lived in in Canada and right now yeah. I mean and the, since the one of uh, the census showcased in 20, 2016 which is six years ago that uh, number almost tripled uh, yeah. and uh, what I would like to, to ask you is Uh, since you have been in in canvases, is the level of Latin Americans are the requests uh, growing, yeah. spiking, or it's a, in a plateau state? No, no, it has been growing, and it will continue growing. You know, because or I, I don't want to talk about the political situation in our country, but you know, it's always the same. So the people is a little bit scared about the future. And they are looking for some options for their families, uh, you know, to grow professional and as a family in another country. So I think it will be growing in the few years, um, not just because the political situation is because uh, the people wants to have another experience in a, in a country as Canada. The, the Latin American people know about Canada as a country that needs people to the economic growing. Uh, so they are looking to be that part of the people that make the difference in Canada with their job, with their skill, with the professional uh, knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think um, the social media has helped. You know, uh, I think the last three or four years have been a, a lot of people talking about Canada in YouTube, a lot of people talking about Canada in Instagram and, and TikTok. So everybody uh, wants to know more about uh, about Canada because it's easier for them to get the information. I think 20 years ago, 10 years ago, we, we didn't have that, you know, we didn't have uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and the information was less than today so i think that is that's the difference between now and 20 years ago mm -hmm. and uh, yes because I, i i think the situation the political situation is probably in the few years in the few three years canada will need like a one million of people to fill all the vacancies that you will have in in, in canada so yes uh Some of them will come for new immigration programs as a rural and northern pilot program. Some of them will go with Atlantic program, you know. Some of them will go with as a student or worker, and some of them as a refugee. 
It will depend on the province. The province that received more refugees is Quebec. Uh, but yeah, if if you prepare from today to the moment that Canada start to give more options for the immigration, you 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 can no you you can uh, I think you can uh, you can do it. I think I I think everybody can do it if they prepare first. What percentage of requests are you managing are from Express Entry? Which ones are, um, you know, students uh, or, or maybe refugees? Uh, in, in terms of percentage, which one could you identify? Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, from uh, Express Entry, 5%. Really low. Okay. But yeah, because uh, the people with the social media knows that gets an uh, an invitation to apply from Canada with this press entry you need to have been working in Canada or have a really good skills to have the ITA a skill like a, like like a language if you have a good English and a medium French or a good French if you have a master degree and you are between 20 and 35 years, probably you have a good chance, you know? But now with the social media, most of the people wants to go to Canada with uh, like like a student, you know, or worker. So a student probably is 45% worker, probably the, well, 30, 35%, yes, 35, and the rest will be refugee. But the th the main thing here is, Everyone, everybody wants to go as a refugee to Canada, but no one's have the requirements to be a refugee in Canada. Everybody, everybody wants to go to work in Canada because you don't have to pay college, but no, everybody have the requirements to have a job in Canada from the countries, you know? Yes. So if you are looking for a, you know, the normal, temporary resident visa to go to Canada depends on, on your country will be as a student mm. because you are depending on a job offer you are not depending if you have a visitor visa to claim to 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 uh to present as a as a refugee and you don't in if you don't have enough English or enough French or you don't have a master degree it doesn't matter you can go as a student and then you can apply through this press entry of the PMP program in the in the uh, province. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to to London specifically, uh, I don't know that between Latin Americans, uh, between people who lives there in, in I mean here in London, um, Latin Americans uh, name London as as uh, Londonbia. Why? Because oh. there is an enormous <laughs> percentage of people. Who yeah. come from uh, from Colombia uh, as refugees? Yeah. Uh, may I ask you why? Why is it so? I don't know. So it's simple. Why uh, you know Canada is accepting so many uh, people from there in that condition? Yeah, I think it's because there's a season in Colombia that that you know the narco traffic and everything related to you know Pablo Escobar was really hard. In their country, and then uh, the FARC. I don't know if you ever heard 
about the uh, paramilitares and everything around this. So a lot of people was displayed from the from their cities and their home. So Colombia recognized this and Colombia, no, sorry, Canada recognized this situation in Colombia and they, uh, it, it was easier for the Colombian people to get the refugee uh, status in Canada. So the people still thinking that you can go to Canada as a Colombian and claim the refugee status because you are you you have been affected for this twenty years ago, twenty years later, and in some cases will be a yes, but in the most of the situation will be a no. So most of the people from Colombia, when they come to us, they ask for a, for an asylum status in Canada because they think that they can they can uh, still asking for the refugee after the the situation 20 years ago yeah <clears throat> that's not true it's it's just because uh the last president they did a letter i think so of a peace agreement or something like that and this agreement was the end of this you know this thought about Colombia's in Canada. So yes, a lot of people went to Canada. A lot, a lot of people went to Canada from Colombia with this situation because it was really, really harmful and really, really dangerous uh, in Colombia. But now it's different. Now it's different. So probably these people are in Ontario, in Alberta, in Quebec, and they had children and the children have moved to these cities, you know, and there's a lot of Colombian people that they uh, went first as a refugee and now they're living there as a citizen. Gonzalo is an Uruguayan who has been living here for six years and right now he has a degree and performs as a social assistant helping and supporting Latinos in the city. To these days, I can say that... Uh... I, I've seen a Latino community like, developing these past years, like with the entrance of new refugees or, or new international students from Latino America as well, like the, the, the way you come here as well, right? Um, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much long story short of the first three years, I guess. Well, it, it, it's funny that you ask that because, like, uh, the 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 very same moment I leave the airport when I landed in Toronto and to come here, uh, for the first time from Uruguay, I met the first two people I met were Colombian, and these two guys were, you know, like uh, they, they made me feel that I never left South America at all. Like it was like very interesting process of, of you know, <laughs> processing that like physically and mentally. It's like I drove with these two guys for two hours to London, uh, just speaking Spanish. And like they kind of telling me, you know, like, oh, we're going to see this place in this place tomorrow. It was in the middle of the summer as well. So um, it was a, a very nice welcoming from the Latino community. The um, casually, <laughs> I would mm -hmm. say they were the first two people I met then. Something interesting happened. I made a video uh, on how on where to find Sherba uh, for the mate uh, here in London uh, in my fifth day of, of landing in Canada. And 
this uh, group of Argentinian people found my video trying to find Sherba in London as well. Uh, so when they Google my video, they find it, they see it, and uh, they start like wondering, like, should we invite him to, in, you know, to have like dinner with us or something like that. And that's how I started like my friends group that is like my my core social and and mental interaction uh, in London, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Argentinians are the closest to what Colombians always made me feel. They they became like family, uh, not only the Latino parties but the after parties as well. <laughs> uh, that 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 for sure. Uh, yeah, it, it makes London uh, an easier place to live in terms of adapting. The last uh, six years that you have been living here. Uh, can you say the Latino community is, is growing or or is it uh, in a plateau state from your perspective? The way uh, you see it. <laughs> Sorry. Mm -hmm. I believe that I believe that it, 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 it must be growing for sure. Um in the place where I'm doing my field placement, uh it's a resource center and we meet like Latinos. I, I would say that pretty much every week. Um, and it's so interesting how, well, every other week, let's say, like we meet like a new Latino family. So that makes me feel like they are landing here. Most of them also like they land in Montreal and then they come here. Uh, but that takes a while. That takes them like sometimes a year, a year and a half. But uh, Latinos in South America are aware that that London exists. And that's very interesting because like London happens to be just a normal city in Ontario and it's turning into uh, Londombia, what they call yeah. Londombia, <laughs> to refer to to the Latino community as a, as a huge piece of, of the population here. Mm -hmm. And uh, may I ask, considering that uh, this is, of course, the, the angle of, of this podcast is, is the Latino community, Could you, from your perspective, what defines Latino community? What People. Defines... Mm -hmm. What defines? If you think about Latino, what do you expect from them? Um, noise. <laughs> noise. Um... <laughs> Well, like if you ask me what they make me feel when I mm -hmm. when I listen to a person speaking Spanish, it's like a a, a complete joy, and I believe that's what defines the the Latino community here. Uh, some people may disagree with me when I say that it's a community that it's turning like into a unity every day. Um, I would disagree with that too uh, for moments, <laughs> but only. Only because I believe that we need a stronger network within us. Um, or learning from Arabic communities in London, Chinese communities in London, people who help each other in in a way that it's uh, proved that it's effective. And, right? But I believe that what defines the Latino community right now, it's a place where, at least in the beginning, Uh, it's it's a, it's a bless from God to have people from Latino America here. Considering your 
I mean, your degree and, and your, your vocation, we can talk a little bit about that. Uh, what do you think we need to, to be more, you know, more helpful, more supportful? Yeah. And, um, you know, how, how we can give that impression of, of being a, a, an actual community? Yeah, well, I'm convinced that what we need is to, to have a strong sense of community. Um, which it, it doesn't happen. And uh, we are brainstorming every day ways in which we can make Latinos to feel that helping each other is going to have a benefit. Because if you think about it, like for real, like with your hand, your heart, the you need to the way to to catch people attention it's to org in in their interests right so if you if you tell like a person a latino person like you know like you have a business you you're selling empanadas for example you're selling food and and you say like you know like if if we make a stronger sense of the community here in london like more latinos are gonna come to your store for example uh there are going to be more network on job opportunities, for example. Um, you need something to, to you know, uh, penetrate in 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 the in the Latino mindset of of saying, you know, like I have something for you, and this is a reason why you should help us to make a community. Uh, I believe that's that's the pathway, but. It can vary, of course. This is just a, a brainstorming of what we could need. The three main challenges for people, for, for Latinos specifically, who want to settle in Canada, it's uh, the language barrier, of course, the first one, the transportation limitations, because of if you don't have a job, right? Like, how are you going to buy a car? And the third thing, of course, is like that one, the, the employment. Um, it's hard to find a job if you don't speak the language and you don't have a car. Um, and if you don't have a job, you cannot have a house. Um, when you come as a government assisted refugee, the government kind of helps you to pay for a rent. But there's, um, but of course, all the money that they give you goes to the rent. So, right? Like you have to find another source of, of income. Uh, so I believe that those are like probably a five main right um, language, employment, transportation, housing, and um, the fifth one is like completely related to what we were talking about, and that's uh, the social adaptation to it, and that's why maybe a Latino community is so important um, because you feel right at least that fifth thing that may sound like the less important of all the list mm -hmm. it's probably the 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 most important one at the same time because if you are not emotionally well how are you gonna going to like you know uh stand for a job or uh, looking for a house or trying to buy a car you're motivated and like you don't feel like doing all those things right mm -hmm. The community is growing, and Gonzalo insists there is still great room for improvements when it comes to how unified the community really is. Hopefully we will be able to do it as more people arrive to Canada pursuing their life projects. 
My name is Kevin Rustler for XFM's podcast.